Live to see it, friends, and welcome to The World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Tuesday. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. I hope you had a good Labor Day. Had a very nice Labor Day and a nice uh, three-day weekend, and that gives us a nice two-day work week here at The World Transformed. We're going to do... we're going to do two shows this week. Sorry about uh, announcing that we were going to have a Friday show last week, folks, by the way, and then not delivering on that. And I know a lot of people are looking for that, that geek out fix. So we're going to make up for that this week. We've got a solid show here on Tuesday, and then our Thursday show, our last show of the week, is going to be all geek all the time. We're doing, we're doing a full geek show for, uh, uh, to make up for the fact that we didn't do a, a Friday show last week. I feel that's, you know... That, that's a that's an yeah, apt yeah, penance. What do you it, think? It's like a it's, it's like a, you know a double helping of dessert, right? I mean that's what we're talking about here. So yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. I'll get to that on Thursday. So yeah, absolutely. But today we're gonna delve into the future, like we like to do on this show from time to time. We're calling this show be- <laughs> as we're apt to do, right? <laughs> yeah, as we are apt to do, as we've been known to do, beyond the Twitter decade, as we are wont to do. I believe you might say. Um, yeah. We're we're gonna talk about. Uh, what's happened over the past 10 years? I mentioned that I'm doing this talk next month, actually later this month, uh, at a Future of Libraries conference in New Jersey. And one of the things I believe I've mentioned already on the show is how different our kind of basic technological landscape is today than how it was 10 years ago. And I've actually taken a kind of a close look at where they were when that event was going on in terms of technologies being adopted versus where we are now in, certain, in, in terms of technologies being adopted. And some really interesting ones were coming into their own or just appearing on the scene right at that time. The one I've given the title of the show to is Twitter, and it's a great example. Twitter had actually been around for more than a year at that point, but no one was much using it. It had not really become a big thing until the South by Southwest conference was just a few months before the library conference that I went to 10 years ago, and people were using it there, and it was kind of the Twitter diaspora after that, right? A lot of the South by Southwest people kind of took it with them, and Twitter really began to grow. So it was this, it was this nascent technology. No one had much heard of it. Hardly anyone was using it 10 years ago. And you look at it today, and it's like this dominant communications infrastructure, right? I mean, the, the, the President of the United States tweets are a thing, right? It's a major part of what gets discussed in the press, and um, Twitter is a good example of a technology that has become dominant over the course of a decade. Another good example would be the iPhone, which um, was really just becoming available at that time 10 years ago. And today, iPhones or phones like the iPhone, I mean, you know, they, how can you say it? They pretty much control the universe, right? I mean, they're, they're, they are the platform of choice for almost everything today. And they were just a nascent technology a mere 10 years ago. So I thought tonight what we would do is let's look ahead. Let's look at some technologies that are in very early stages today that may be dominant 10 years from today. We're not saying they absolutely will be for sure, but could be, and that we think you can make a case for. 
Absolutely. And, I mean, I, 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 I was going to also mention uh, uh, you talked a little bit in that, in that talk uh, 10 years ago about the e-readers. Is that right? Was that something else that was sort of coming online at that point? Or? Uh, actually, you know, when we talked about it on the show the other night, I, I looked it up after that, and they didn't come along for a couple years after that. Wow. Okay. All right. And, uh, and it's sort of it's, it's, it's funny because in the decade, then they weren't a thing when you did the library conference 10 years ago. Right. They, a couple of years later, here they come. And, uh, and really, they've disappeared now for the most part. Uh, into other devices, right? I mean, uh, e-reader is, is your If you have an iPad, you don't really need, uh, you know, a Kindle necessarily. You can run the Kindle app on the iPad, or um, you could run it on your phone. Exactly. Um, right, the, right. The, as, as standalone separate devices, they came and they went, right? So, they, yeah. so that's a good example of uh, the ephemerality of, uh, of, of new technologies. Things can, they can show up, they can become dominant, and then, and then they're gone, uh, which is interesting because it could happen to things that we currently look at as being dominant, right? Where will they be in 10 years? Who knows? Um, but uh, um, that, that, that's, a, that's an interesting point, Stephen. That, that'd be a whole other interesting show to do, right? Whatever happened <laughs> yeah. to What's the... What's going to come and go uh, like, uh, you know, in a... <laughs> that, That's right. Yeah, what, what, what's going to come and go within a decade? Uh, probably, you know what? They probably had about a five-year run, really, didn't they? I mean... Uh, they still, it's not like they don't exist. I still have one. I use it. But, they, you know, in, in terms of being a major device, right, a, a, you know, a, a, an important standalone kind of device, it just, it just kind of ran its course pretty quickly. And where they are today is kind of where the standalone iPod was a few years ago, right? It's, it's following a similar trajectory to that, maybe a little slower than that, I would say. That's kind of my, my yeah. take on the e-readers. Oh, I- you know, I, let me just give an example of something that I think will come and go pretty quick. Um, you know, I, I, we're, we're altering the show as, as it happens. We're digressing <laughs> we'll is what we're doing, Stephen. Is that, that's yeah, what we're, we're doing. Please go ahead. It's, it's a good digression. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Digression. Um, what about uh, augmented reality frames? I think that's something that will come, and, we'll, and it'll have its day, and then pretty quick will disappear into either contact lenses or, or into your eyes or who knows, even into your brain. Uh, it's... You know, it's this heads-up display business that you see in uh, so many um, science fiction movies and things like that where you, the world around you is sort of, you know, you get clues as to what's going on in the world around you by this heads-up display. Well, I think initially that will be in frames, but, uh, like eyeglass frames, but, but it will disappear pretty quickly, I think. Okay, well, there you go. That's a, Actually, that's a great place to start anyway because that can lead us into our topic because one of my right. technologies that – is nascent today, but I expect to be dominant within 10 years, is I'm calling it AR and VR, because I think we're, we're going to blur the lines between those quite a bit, and there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of AR going on, a lot of VR going on. And I'm talking about as productivity tools, as business tools, as educational tools, in addition to, you know, we think of VR as primarily an entertainment medium. And as an entertainment medium, it's also going to take off in a huge way, I think. Um, so, so there's that. But, but um, what I'm talking about here is probably those more in a communications business kind of a context. And we don't currently – it's one of the things that's interesting about this is I'm predicting 10 years from now, those will be dominant technologies. And where AR is concerned, I don't currently – can't provide a roadmap – for how AR becomes dominant, right? I don't have a right. device right. I can point to and say, this will be the thing 
that that really makes AR take off. You know, we can we can do little dinky AR things with our phones right now, and there have been devices introduced. Obviously, Google Glass is the is the big example, and there's others that you know where yeah. you can you can put on an interface, and you're getting partly the world and partly you know the augmented world. Um, I, I don't know what the uh, what the winning technologies will be that get us there. I think that everything we've seen up to this point is kind of the Apple Newton of augmented reality, probably. You know, it's interesting. I, I suspect, yeah. Yeah, interesting technology that points to things that are coming in the future but isn't going to get us there itself. And yet, that's how fast things change. I, although I don't know how we'll get there, I think we will get there. I think we will be definitely interacting with augmented environments within 10 years. I think that will be, that not only will we be doing it, but that will be a dominant technology. That will be an expected technology. It'll, in, in the same way that every business gives their <laughs> Twitter address and their you know, Instagram address in their ads, um, it will be assumed that people are augmenting their reality when they're being, when they're being communicated with. That's how, that's how big I think it will become. Or it, not necessarily assume that every, every single member of the audience is doing that, but that it's a big enough segment that you mention it all the time, right? Here's how you get the augmented version of this, or here's, a, here's how you get the augmented access to this. I think it will be that big. I, Twitter big, okay? <laughs> Put it that way, within, within 10 years. What do you think? You think we're on that, on that path? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, and particularly in the workplace, I think if mm. you're not augmenting within the workplace in 10 years, that's, I think you'll be at a competitive disadvantage with those who are. I think so, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, if, if, if a client walks up to you, Phil, and you don't know their name and the names of their kids and wife and uh, what their interests are immediately, uh, you're going, you know, uh, you will be considered rude. You know, uh, how is it that you, you know, you, you, know, you don't know these Well, things. especially because with this guy, I've worked with him for 10 years, so what is my excuse, really? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, well, if, if, you have a, if, if you have 500 clients, you can't. Yeah, it's true, yeah. You know, but uh, if, uh, uh, if, you know, how could you not know it if uh, you've got uh, augmented reality? And, uh, and so people will be competing against those who do that. And so those who don't will be at a competitive disadvantage. That's right. And, That's right. Uh, those who get those answers fed, who are automatically leveraging the ability to know those things, just by interacting with their environment, in are going to have a huge yeah. advantage over those who don't do it. I agree. That's right. Yeah. Especially salespeople, stuff like – but anyone, anyone doing customer service um, and anyone whose job requires interacting with other human beings, which is almost everybody, let's face it. I right. mean, every, there, there's, there's some human component to almost every job. I think you're right. I think, it will be a, I think it will be a game changer in terms of how people work with each other, and that's just one aspect of it, you know, the, the, well, the you know, look up for, think, on – You know, uh, for example, I think, uh, you know, if – if you um, you can see uh, you're you're being fed this information that oh my goodness this is like you know a, a triple A rated uh, customer this, this person spends you know you know tens of thousands of dollars with us every year um, right yes I'm I'm going to drop everything to talk to them uh, right whereas right. If, you know if it's if someone who's not and then and and then you know you might have to put somebody who's not on hold to go talk to the important customer right i mean there there are things like that i mean if you're if you're if you're not augmenting uh, within ten years, I think you're going to be at a disadvantage to those who are and those, yeah. those are, there are a myriad a myriad of things that we're not even thinking about that'll come up uh well well, it's interesting because the the thing you just described that should 
should be occurring anyway through phone conversations or you know um, regular customer service interactions, right? Right. There should be a database that's telling you, oh, high priority customer, this call gets routed to the to the right person, all that kind of thing. But right. when you carry that over into the, you actually physically see someone, and and bang, the alarm goes off, right? This is the, this is the high this, this is the high priority customer. Uh, you know that's that that is incredibly powerful um, in in terms of in, in terms of creating the, the the right kinds of interactions. Also, incredibly potentially dangerous in terms of skewing you off from interacting with people in a like normal way, right? You know, if right, you're, right. you just constantly got the glasses on, you're looking for the important people, right? Um, <laughs> although I guess people do that anyway, right? They look for the attractive yeah. people or the rich looking people or that, you know, I, I don't suppose it's really that different. You just, you're, you'd be better at it now, I suppose. <laughs> well, you know, if the good customer walks in, the co- you know, straight from uh, camping out for a week and a half and they, they got a beard and they, and they're all dirty and, you know, you still would p- be able to pick them out. Right. And, and right. augmented reality situation. It's, uh, you know, um, I'm reminded of the James Bond movie where he walks in. Uh, it's the last Pierce Brosnan movie, right? And he walks in. He's got a beard down to his waist, and you know he looks like he looks terrible. But this particular hotel that he walk, you know, five star hotel he walks into. Uh, good evening, Mr. Bond. Shall I get your favorite room? You know, I mean, they, <laughs> they know him anyway. Yeah, yeah, I know him by heart. You know, because he's that kind of customer. Anyway, yeah, or they're they're scanning his DNA when he walks in, probably in those. Apparently, yeah, it, was, yeah. it actually turned out to be a bunch of Chinese spies, right? But anyway, whatever they uh, they 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 tended to him quickly, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think that there'll be situations like that um, um, where they are, and so yes, I absolutely agree. It's going to be huge. And okay, what else you got? What else? Let's let's do some others. What what else is going to become dominant? That's small potatoes right now, but going to be huge ten years from now. Do you think? Self-driving cars. Now, I mean, there we have a few, um, and they, these are experimental cars for the most part. Um, you can't, you know, just walk into a typical um, car dealership and get a self-driving car. Um, so what we have right now are some experimental, some interesting experiments, and uh, but they are showing themselves to be pretty good drivers. These these uh, robot cars, basically, and um, I think that uh, once they are offered and uh, they start showing themselves to be better drivers than we humans are. And, uh, hey, lo and behold, uh, look, look at this. Uh, you know, State Farm and Allstate and GEICO are offering uh, discounts. I can get my, my uh, auto insurance uh, at one-half the price because I bought a self-driving car. Right. You know, and, and besides, I'm, I'm not interested in fighting the commute traffic anyway. Don't you think that uh, that people will adopt it about as fast as they can afford to get in the next car? I mean, it's uh, it'll be. I, I I suspect it'll be one of those things that we adopt not as fast as cell phones, because cell phones are so much cheaper than a car. But, right. Uh, but pretty fast. I think that the adoption uh, cycle for uh, for uh, auto drive cars, uh, self driving cars, whatever you want to call them. Uh, will be pretty quick, and certainly uh, the, I think the adoption process will be pretty much done in 10 years. So, oh, okay, but what does that mean? So we're saying it's going to be a dominant technology. 2027, what percentage of cars on the road are autonomous, in your view? What makes it dominant? I would say more than 50%. Okay, that sounds right. Car, yeah. uh, more than 50% of cars will be 
self-driving in 10 years. And these are new cars that are being purchased, but also a, a few cars that are being retrofitted. A few right. cars that, uh, that are, uh, are getting that put back into them, you know, particularly classic cars, right? Sure. And, uh, I mean, you got a nice Rolls. All you want to do is replace yeah. the uh, driver with a... <laughs> a more reliable driver let's face it yeah yeah that's that, that's that's all you got to do i you know i think i think that's right and what i like about that one is it challenges the imagination just a little because from where i sit right now it's hard for me to picture that half the cars on the road will be self self-driving vehicles in 10 years but 10 years ago if you had shown me twitter because i hadn't even seen it yet at, around this time and said, 10 years from now, this is going to be the biggest thing. This will be huge. Every, every company will have a Twitter ID. The President of the United States will tweet daily, and his, <laughs> I mean, he'll do what daily? And his tweets are going to be big news. All the, you, you know what I'm saying? It's like I, I, I wouldn't yeah. have known for sure. If you show, show me an iPhone, which we had seen, and said that's going to be the biggest thing ever, that I might have said, okay, well, maybe. Okay, maybe that's yeah. actually going to be the dominant thing that takes over. Here, this one is so paradigm shift dependent right it's like not only does the technology have to take off there is this kind of change in infrastructure change in regulatory environment right that has to occur it has to be allowed to occur in a way that these others don't necessarily so that's the that's the big hurdle that has to be overcome i think to get to to get to autonomous vehicles however i think we will and I think you're yeah. right. I think, you're, I think your prediction is accurate. But it, it's going to seem like it happened fast. That's what, that's what I think. Yeah. Uh, no. most, most of that progress will occur in that second five years probably. Yeah. It, 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 um, and, and the thing is, it will, um, it will make our highways so much safer, Phil. Um, people that normally would be driving, don't you think, that um, you know, if you've had, a, if, if, uh, you've had uh, two or three beers, um, you know, uh, I would think under those circumstances, uh, you know, even if they normally drive their cars, they, they, I think there's a fair chance that uh, people in those situations will have the car drive them home. Right. Um, I think, you know, I, I, under those circumstances, I think there'll be a lot less drunk driving because that's, that's the problem. I mean, people go out to get drunk, right? And then <laughs> right. They, how they're going to, and they got, and then they got to get home, right? Yes. I mean, the, I mean, this is one of the things that has helped Uber become a thing, yeah. right, and lift, right. right? I mean, the, the, you know, because it's provided a real alternative there because, yeah, yeah you have to go someplace re really to have fun, to get drunk, you know. I mean, because if you just stay home and get drunk, that's probably pretty sad unless you're having a party, right? So you, you're going to go someplace right. to, to get drunk. And, yeah, then you've got to get home again, and that's really a problem. I mean, that, that's the old, we'll call you a cab. You've got to so, have a designated yeah, we'll driver. There have been all these workarounds over the years, but here's the real solution, right? This is the uh, – this is the actual solution to the well, problem. Well, and, and there's and then the other big thing, and this, you know, it, that uh, that causes so many accidents, uh, Phil, is people being preoccupied with their cell phones. They're tweeting, yes. right? Yeah. And they're texting, um, and, uh, and so people. Twitter are, became uh, dominant, and there, there you go. There's there's yeah. a death toll associated with that, right? I mean, unfortunately. And so, yeah. you know, what if uh, what if instead, you know, when you when you go to reach your phone, your car kicks in automatically, right? Yeah, uh, you know, if you're if you're distracted by your cell phone or you know you're tweeting or or texting or whatever, your car is uh, in auto drive mode automatically. Um, you know, that's the sort of thing that pretty quickly uh, um, our our roads become so much safer. We uh, absolutely. 
So, uh, yeah, so great. Yes, I, I have every expectation that uh, we'll have uh, more than 50% of the cars on the road will have this auto, auto drive in some form or another. Uh, All right, let's see if we can put a couple more in here before the end of the show. We're, right. we're warming to our topic here. I think another one that will be big by 10 years from now is cryptocurrencies and uh, these, these electronic blockchain type currencies. And one might argue, I think one might well argue that that was a little bit out of our span only because they've already kind of taken off. I mean, there's yeah. $800 billion value, $800 billion in value in these things today. And it's, it's increased several thousand percent over the past year. So we may already be kind of at the beginning of, of a big boom around these. Now, this could also be one that completely busts between now and uh, 10 years from now. That in, in fact, some other alternative way of doing currency, some other alternative way of structuring exchange might appear between now and then and become a, a paradigm on top of that. Like the self-driving car, you're adopting a new paradigm when you go to these to, to these currencies. But look how much how much more respectable they've become in the past year, right? I mean, yeah. if, if 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 you look at how they're discussed, who's putting money into them, who's talking about them today versus two years ago, five years ago, it, it they, they really do seem to have turned a corner. And at the trajectory they're on, I think it would not be out of line to say, we'll all be using them to some extent, that they're actually going to make up a portion of what we all do with our money. Um, they're not going to replace the U.S. dollar, but I think they'll be touching us in ways that they're, that they're not currently and that they'll be a much, much bigger factor in the economy than they currently are, if, if not. They certainly have. There's plenty of room for growth. Even though they're a pretty big thing now, they're, they're, in our day-to-day lives, they're still pretty small, right? And, exactly. Uh, and so, yeah, there's plenty of room for growth. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, first time we spoke about it, Phil, maybe three or four years ago. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe earlier than that. Um, but you know, the, the the first few times that they came up in the show, it was always you know in context of you know this is something that criminals tend to do, and this is there's a problem with terrorists wanting you know uh, being able to hide their money this way. Things mm-hmm. like that. Um, yes, it, it's like you say. It's it's becoming a, a much more respectable um, model than it than it was uh, even even you know twelve months ago. So uh, that's that's an interesting uh, trajectory. It's all and uh, yeah, we're going to do a show about blockchain here one of these days. I, I think there's there's a lot to be said about it because it's not just the currency. There's there's contracts. There's there's whole ways of structuring organizations around blockchain. So uh, as a, as a as it as a technology, I think is going to follow its own its own trajectory, and these currencies will as well. Both probably uh, there. I'm throwing I'm throwing one in kind of as a freebie. There, blockchain is another big one. Okay, you got another one, Stephen. Well, yeah. Let me throw this one out as something that may completely be supplanted, um, or it could be huge in ten years. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, imagine a vending machine to print on-demand books. There, such a thing already exists. Uh, there's, uh, there's one called the Espresso Book Machine. And, uh, you know, it, it, you, you walk in, uh, you, you punch up a list of titles, uh, almost like, a, you know, an ATM or something, and you, you pick out the uh, book you want. You sit down and drink a cup of coffee, and uh, the thing goes to work. And uh, before you, you get up to leave uh, after, you know, from your cup of coffee, you've got a paperback book printed out for you. So instead of, uh, you know, having a, uh, uh, you know, a Barnes and Noble size store, you could, you could uh, have something like this in, in every, uh, in every coffee shop, right. To print out any book you want 
Stephen, let me tell you where this thing will be. It'll be a kiosk at your Whole Foods, right? Because it's going to be an Amazon kiosk, right? And you just walk up. That's right. You know. It's like getting a prescription filled, right? <laughs> Here, I think I'll get a book you, you while put I'm, it in, you put it I'm in getting my groceries. Yeah. yeah. You put it in as you walk in the store and you go get your groceries, and by the time you're, you're, you come out, uh, you know, you, you can pick up both your prescription and your book, right? Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. Maybe your prescription lenses to read the book with. But anyway, it's, <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things that could be completely supplanted uh, you know, by uh, high-quality digital um, uh, copies of things, if, but to some extent, people still like a physical book. And mm-hmm. if, if if it's important enough uh, for that, then you, you know that sort of technology may supplant the the large bookstore, which seems to be struggling these days. Yeah, um, doesn't seem to be. They are struggling, and uh, and so um, you know that could be something that's that's pretty big. I would not expect the vending machines for movies and games to survive in ten years uh, because. You know, things like that, uh, you get a perfect digital copy delivered, you know, uh, by way of the Internet. You, right. You know, you can, you can, you can watch your you, – without going to the red box, you can, you can watch uh, your, your movie at home um, and, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, have it digitally lo- delivered or your video game the same way. But, but something about a physical copy of a book. Or, well, or, reading, a, or reading a book, reading a physical book is a subjectively different experience from playing a video game – you know, delivered one way versus another, right? You get the exact same game either way, right? right. You're going to get the same move, exact same movie either way. But the book, it actually is a different subjective experience. You're turning pages, you're holding the book. I mean, it feels different, and, and people... Uh, you might take off. I don't know. I would see that not as a dominant technology, though. Something that will exist, no. but more of a novelty than, uh, yeah. you know, Some, an, an somebody inter- interesting like option. Amazon. Yeah, somebody like big like uh, big like Amazon has to get behind it though. Yeah, and like you say, since Amazon owns Whole Foods, maybe that's the Whole Foods experience. You go and you know uh, you get your Amazon book, print a book out. Uh, you know, print a book uh, about uh, organic farming or something, right? I mean, Whole Foods. <laughs> as you're yeah. as you're going through the Whole Foods, uh, it's printing up front. Yeah, I, I could see something like that happening. So, yeah, maybe, um, maybe. Okay, one more, one more. We can we can sneak one in here. Um, I think gene therapies via CRISPR, 10 years from now, they will be touching our lives in ways we can't even begin to imagine. And that is a I, I huge, so. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's a huge leap because, once again, that's a paradigm shift that has to occur. Uh, for one thing, they have to come up with the therapies. The therapies have to be approved. Doctors have to get used to the idea. I mean, that's a lot of change that has to occur in 10 years. But I'm betting that that's how fast it will happen that once once they start making headway with even just a few things it, it becomes kind of the go-to technology for addressing the kinds of the kinds of problems that it can realistically address only because it's going to be so much more effective than other ways of doing this when you can when you can actually go in and fix things at the molecular level that's the level to fix things at isn't it right i suspect i, I would uh, i would go along with your prediction uh except that i would make it a little bit simpler i would I would limit the prediction to single gene diseases. Okay. Huntington's disease, sickle cell anemia, things like that where it's a, it's a single gene that's screwed up that they know exactly what it is. It's already identified today what gene is messed up. All, all it needs is a little word processor editing, right? And that's, yes. that's what we hope that uh, CRISPR becomes. Well, if I can and, borrow an uh, item from your list, um, vaccinations for obesity, 
if they can isolate the fat receptor gene, right? Yeah. Yeah. That that will be a breakthrough money making uh, uh, solution for CRISPR to provide, right? It's like, yeah, you know, here we'll give you this gene therapy, and you can't get fat anymore. Um, Um, And and vaccinations for some forms of cancer um, are 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 quite possible. Um, You know, if if if, for example, you're at a high risk for a particular type of cancer, you know, the screening shows that you have this and, uh, oh, yeah, in fact, you do have a, this, uh, this gene that puts you at a particular high risk. Let's just edit that a little bit. And, um, you know, perhaps you do that with CRISPR. Maybe, perhaps there's some sort of uh, vaccination or something uh, that, uh, you, you know, you take for that. But, uh, you know, that's the sort of thing that we obviously would – Okay, no you time know, again, left. Of all the ones we've talked about, what do, you, what do you see as the big one? What's the one that will for sure be here and be dominant in 10 years? Self-driving cars. I'm going to go with that. Uh, they, these, they, our medical, uh, you know, I, I think we, we may be trying to squeeze a little too much into 10 years uh, for some of these medical breakthroughs. But, uh, uh, you know, I would hope for those over anything else. But I suspect it may take a little bit longer for some of these things. I'm going to split the difference. What, I'm going to say it's augmented reality is the one that will for sure be here in 10 years. So, and I, again, don't even know how we're going to, ha- how we're going to make that happen. So we'll see. Uh, we'll pick this up uh, in 10 years, and uh, we'll, see, we'll see where we are with that. Hey, uh, this has been great, Stephen. Look forward to having you all with us again on Thursday. We're going to do a full geek out show, as I said, where no fanboy has gone before. Look forward to being with you all then. Until next time, live to see it. 